Greetings, Seamheads, and welcome in to a Friday installment of the 20th and Blake podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Hope everybody's doing well out there. I am your host, Anilo Piro. Look at me. Hold on. We're doing it live. I'm not going to stop this podcast, but I'm not familiar with how Adobe works. Oh, there we go. It was like frozen. It said that we were still recording, but like the line wasn't moving, and that was kind of funky, but we're recording. We're doing it live. Wait, but it's doing it again. There we go. All right. All right, it's recording. That's all that matters. But what's up? I'm your host, Anilo Piro. You guys can follow me on social media at Media by AP. This is a Colorado Rocky-centric podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. To my straight slash left, I guess you could say, Andrew Detmer. A little off-kilter. Yeah, off-left, you could say. Uh, my producer from the Denver Sports Betting Show, Andrew Detmer. What's up? What's up? How are you today? It's a, it's a Friday. And I'm, I'm so ready for this Friday just to be over. Hey, man, that makes two of us. I fell asleep with my window open last night, which I usually do. But I didn't realize that I guess it was. It got pretty cold last night. It got down to, like, the 50s. I'm like, just I woke up with just awful allergies. Like, I feel fine, but it's just like my nose is just killing me right now. Like, my sinuses are dead. Popped an allergy pill on my way down here. So hoping that will kick in. I'm just ready to go home. I'm feeling good. I feel that I woke up this morning at 6.30 to go for a run. Oh, God. Looked at the weather. I'm like, oh, it's 45 and it feels like 40. Yeah, dude, it got I'm cold. not ready for that. Yeah, I woke up and I was taking the dog out. It was like 7.30 this morning. I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, I, I packed a jacket in the car just in case. You never know. But uh, all right. It is a uh, baseball podcast. The Rockies are winding down their season. We'll talk a little bit about them. And uh, also, we talked a little bit about the National League last podcast. Let's focus in a little bit on the American League in this one. And uh, there's some interesting trends, though, with the National League MVP race that we'll get to. Let's actually start with that because I know that's kind of fresh in our mind. We'll finish. There's really not a lot of Rockies news to talk about. We're going to the game next week. Uh, the yeah, mile next High, Tuesday. Yeah, the Mile High Sports digital staff will be going to the Rockies-Dodgers game, so that'll be a good time. Keep an eye out for some content on social media and uh, all that good stuff. But, um, you know, let's talk MVP here real quick. You had some interesting stats. You, I know you've been all over this. We both have money on Bryce Harper to win the MVP. Uh, it seems like it's still a two-dog race. Am I right between it's going to be Harper or um, – what is his face? Tatis Jr. Tatis? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to end up coming down to one of those two guys. It's been Tatis. Like, he's had the the major lead for major league lead in the MVP race for since, really since the entire season. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. got hot, off to a hot start, but he got hurt. Juan Soto was uh, actually my favorite going into the season. He struggled half a lot, big time, first half of the season. Came back uh, with a huge presence in the second, but for a very... I don't know if underperforming Nationals team is the right word because they weren't supposed to be chart toppers, right. but they've just been bad. Yeah, they've been not good. Definitely a little bit of a fall from grace since they won that World Series. So and That's putting um, it mildly. There's like two players from that team that are still from that team. If the season ends today, who do you think is winning the MVP? Is it Tatis? At this point, it's still kind of a coin flip. What was that trend you brought up of, like, Harper before his age 28 season? Or Okay, so uh, tweet from Jason Stark. Bryce Harper is headed to for his second 300, 400, 600, and a 30 home run season before, uh, it, and he's only 28. Uh, yeah. For anybody who doesn't know th- what those numbers correlate to, it's it's uh, batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage. Yeah, so it's been impressive. And, I mean, I think 
the reason it's such a tight race down the stretch here too is because both of these teams are trying to vie for that wild card spot, yep. right? It's not like San Diego's a guaranteed; like they're not winning the division. The Phillies aren't probably going to win their division either. So um, I wouldn't put that one. Well, yeah, you can't. Quite I mean, yet. yeah, I guess true because Atlanta's kind of been faltering here a little bit. And, and that, they, they get actually, it's uh, funny enough, they get the Dodgers this weekend. There's a lot of good matchups this weekend in the National League. Yeah, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. I'm going to pull up the Philly schedule here real quick. Um, but anything since we last, you know, one thing that did kind of stand out to me, I know the Rockies didn't play yesterday, but they managed to get a couple wins over the Braves. You know, yeah. they, they are playing that spoiler that we kind of talked huge. about. That was so I was I was really happy by that. I, I like the Braves, don't get me wrong, but I need the Phillies to win the division. Yeah, and ooh, this is going to come to a head. The Phillies and the Mets play in a series tonight. Those guys are still, you know, neck and neck in the division there. Is that in New York? It is in New York, yes. So that's going to be, you know, it's all coming to a head. That NL East, yeah. man. You know, we had the NFC East last night, Thursday Night Football. Now we got the NL East. You know, they're all going at it. So uh, that's going to be interesting. Oh, um, speaking about the Phillies, too. Um, they were down 7 nothing to the Cubs yesterday. Were they? And they came back? And they came back to win like 17-8. to Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's, that the, that's the Cubs' second time this year where they had a 7-plus run lead and then lost the game. What is wrong with by, that? By double-digit runs. I'm sure that makes you smile it, yeah. as a Cardinal yes. fan. What about your Cardinals? How have they been? They've been playing really well. They've been, I mean, I don't think anybody saw the Cardinals doing what they're doing now, especially after that series a few weeks ago against the Pirates, and then just the week after that against the uh, the Brewers, where you either tie or lose the series in demoralizing fashion. And then they've come back, you know, they uh, took two out of four from the Dodgers. They've been playing, they've been playing like the Cardinal team that you and I both uh, expected them to when the season started. Where do you guys think you end up? Do you think you make the playoffs, or are you going to fall short? They have, like, I think it's nine more games against the Brewers Ooh, this year. So that's going to be the, yeah, exactly. That's going to be the very telling part of it. I, that's it, do or die. You lose, the, you got to win. You got nine games left. You got to win six of the nine, you'd think. Ha-ha, <laughs> look at that. Giggity. Yeah. No, it, it's going to be an interesting season. All right, and, and it's going to be an interesting finish to the season. Yeah, no doubt. There's we'll like, keep- it's like eight teams vying for that second NL wild card. And then flipping it over to the American League real quick, there are five teams uh, for both uh, wildcard spots. Yeah, let's focus in because we did uh, in the last podcast earlier this week, we spent some time on the National League playoff race. Let's shift over now to the American League. Uh, You mentioned it is uh, fast and furious out there in the American League. It's going to make for some good games down the stretch here. Uh, Right now, the Tampa Bay Rays, Houston Astros, Chicago White Sox all locked in in their divisions. Uh, And we've got a real tight race there for those wildcard spots. If the season ended today, it'd be the Toronto Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox, although the New York Yankees are just a half game out. You've got the Oakland Athletics, who are three out, and uh, the Seattle Mariners, who are four out. So uh, Oakland, Seattle right now, you know, outside looking in for sure. Uh, but you've got Toronto, Boston, and New York, the three ALS, AL East teams, all vying for two spots. Yeah, with Toronto having the, the single percentage point difference on Boston right now. And we, on the Denver Sports Betting Show, I feel like we talked a little bit. We've been talk, We've been on this race for a minute here. It's yeah. been interesting to see kind of how it's going to shake out. Tampa Bay is going to probably win. Yeah, they're running away with that division. 91-56 and 56 the Rays are. Uh, Who Tor- saw this out of Tampa Bay? Just real quick. Who saw this kind of performance out of Tampa I, Bay? I don't think anybody did except... The, those that really buy into what they've developed there, you know, Kevin Cash and what they have as a farm system and just their ability to kind of, you know, be interchangeable as a franchise and as a roster. Yeah, I mean, well, last year's uh, World Series team losing to the World Series, losing the World Series, and then to trade away Blake Snell yeah. to release Charlie Morton. And who got hurt? Glass now? Gla- yeah, Glass now uh, had Tommy John. Yeah, that's absurd. To lose all three of last year's horses and still be have a more than comfortable lead in the American League East and just the, the American League is in general. 
They is play just, so well. They're 46 and 26 at home and 45 and 30 away, and they have no home field advantage. Like everybody talks about how nobody goes to the games, the stadium's absurd, and yet they keep winning. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, they've, I got the, they've got the most wins of the division leaders in the American League. I know we dogged on them last year when uh, they pulled Blake Snell in game six. And, oh, well, they're too analytically driven. They don't know how to actually play baseball. It's all about the numbers with them. They do it better than everybody. And this is literally the this is the product of analytics-driven baseball. Yep. No, you got that right for sure. It, it, it's been impressive to watch. I like them, man. I'm definitely going to be pulling for them. Uh, all here down the stretch. It's Interestingly gonna... enough, a few days ago on FanDuel's, uh, you could bet four teams to make the the playoffs not make the playoffs. Really? And it's been pulled since before. I, since I got the thought to bet it, I was thinking about betting uh, Toronto, Boston, New York, Oakland, and Seattle to all five, all five of them to not make the playoffs. Ooh. Because then uh, you're going to lose two, but you're going to hit three. Right, right. Yeah, and as long as you hit the three, you're fine. But right? literally, as soon as I thought had that thought, I'm like, I went to FanDuel's. They pulled that option, so I'm like, crap. Oh, that's annoying. Because they, they weren't bad odds. There's like ne- negative minus 115. Yeah, that's each. not like, bad. That's not bad. Good stuff. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I, that's always the fun part about the betting is you can get a little creative, put your own knowledge to the test. Um, let me ask you this, though. Early thoughts here. Who do you think... I don't want to ask you who do you think is going to represent the American League in the World Series, but do you think there's a like Toronto, Boston, and New York? Those three teams, I know only two of them are going to make it. Like they're solid, right? They're no pushover. But you know, Houston, Chicago, Tampa—they're very competitive. Do you see a representative from the American League coming from the wild card teams or one of the divisional winners? I think it's going to either come down to Tampa or Houston, which would have been no the which was last Sox. year's American League. Yeah, you're I'm, down on La Russa, huh? I'm down on a team who plays the vast majority of their games in the American League Central. Very they fair. they don't have real competition. That's very fair. Like they don't know how to how to beat the good teams because they they don't beat good teams. Like I think even this their uh somebody pointed out a stat to me. I, I saw this a minute ago. Like they're close to 500 against teams that are over 500. That's a great point. And I mean, you can't only play who's on your schedule, so you can't really. I mean, I guess you can hold it against them, but. You know, that's a great point. It's an advanced thought. I, I think, yeah, I agree. I, I, I really lean Tampa right now, though. I just yeah. think that they kind of got lightning in a bottle. They've got this formula down, right? It's, it's just, it's Moneyball, like, on steroids in a way. Like it's, or it's just like Moneyball, like, 20 years after the fact, right? Like, you've let it play out a little bit. Uh, they've learned about the intricacies of it. Like, I just, and I love Kevin Cash as a manager. Like, they're just such an inspiring team to watch. Moneyball on steroids might actually be the most appropriate term. Yeah. Like it, it's they've taken what uh, Billy Bean and the A's did back in the, the early two thousands, and they've expanded it. They've they've evolved that that frame of thought, right? A hundredfold. Yeah, no, if, I, if more, it's crazy. No, it really is. Speaking of things that are crazy, this promo from our friends. Over at DraftKings Sportsbook, week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code MHS to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions they do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, your number to call is 1-800-522-4700. 
moving right along here on the 20th of Blake podcast with my man, Andrew Detmer. Yeah. Find me on Twitter at AJ Debt. There you go, AJ Debt. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Media by AP. We, uh, him and I, collaborate on the Denver Sports Betting Show. I'm the host. He's the producer. So you heard that great promo from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you want to figure out a way to, uh, you know, put that money to the best use, make some, you know, make some bread. Maybe a little get a little extra spending money. Tune into the show every weekday from three to four in the afternoon, right here on Mile High Sports Radio. All right, so give me the two teams that are coming out of the AL as the wild card. It's a, I mean, it's a five-team race, you could say, but I think it's going to be two teams coming out of the ALEs that represent the wild card teams. Uh, if you had to choose right now, which two teams are coming out of the wild card? Uh, Toronto and Boston. The way the it is, the Yankees right are going to fall out, huh? The Yankees, they've been, they've hit a really big cold streak recently. They they kind of get screwed over a lot in these weird games. I mean, it's, they lost last night in a weird fashion to the Baltimore Orioles. Right. They they caught lightning in a bottle when they when the trade deadline came with Rizzo and Gallo for a minute there, and now it's kind of come back down to earth. And it wasn't even those guys that caught fire. Right, it was just it everybody was, else around It them. was everybody around them. That's like, oh, well, it was a, one of the big, biggest one was Luke Voigt. He's right. like, oh, well, they just brought in Anthony Rizzo to take my spot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I do. Right. Anthony Rizzo hasn't done anything. Yeah. And then... If it's possible to do negative, Joey Gallo's been that. I think yeah, he's what hit, is up with that? He's hitting like a buck fifty, like literally half of his bats are official at bats are strikeouts. Woo. He's been yeesh. Bad is not the right word. Yeah, no, for sure. He's been it's it's been abysmal. It's what? been atrocious. I don't think there's right. a word strong enough to say how how bad Joey Gallo has been since the trade deadline. But Toronto's been on a little bit of a heater here. They're eight and two in their last ten games. Both Boston and New York kind of you know right around five hundred in their last ten, four and six. Uh, what has it been about Toronto that's kind of got them going here lately, in your opinion? I I uh, throw this back to uh, what I said, I believe, on your show a couple months back. Uh, being back at the Rogers Center, which I yeah, believe the name huge. of their center is, that's huge for them. The yeah, emotion. First time since 2019. You know, Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, triple crown candidate. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., yes, MVP yes. candidate. Yes. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he's basically been uh, strong-arming this team into a playoff spot. Him, uh, Bo Bichette. Right. I love Bo Bichette. We've talked about this a little bit, though. What do you do if Vlad has the Triple Crown with the MVP award? Because That's something I wanted to bring up, too. Yeah, because Otani's the big favorite. I was actually talking about it with some guys in my fantasy baseball group chat. They asked me the same question. Uh, what do you do, Andrew? Who do you think gets the MVP? If you, if, if you have the end-all, be-all vote, who are you giving it to? I, it's hard for me to not be biased here. I have money on, Ot- on Otani. Right. But at the same time, what he does from a hitting perspective and a pitching perspective, like, he has literally been the most valuable player. Period. You. Uh, what is what is uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s ERA? Right. No, that's a good point. Answer that, it's zeros because he doesn't pitch. Right, no, but I'm, but I'm also thinking... But this is, might be the first time a Triple Crown winner doesn't win the MVP. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the Triple Crown, I mean, I remember when Miguel Cabrera won that. Like, that was, like, historic. Like, this does not, it is not, like, I'm almost trying to think, like, is it easier to do what Otani does because he grew up doing both? Like, is it, e- what would you say is not easier, but, like, what's more impressive? The ability to hit and pitch at the same time or the ability to win a Triple Crown? The ability to hit and pitch at the level that he is. Because I, I know there are several players right now in Major League Baseball who did play both. Uh, Jacob DeGrom was right. a shortstop and right. a pitcher. Uh, Jack Flaherty was a shortstop, a cardinal pitcher, was a shortstop and a pitcher in high school. 
Like a lot of these guys, they they've done both, but to be able to do both at the level that Otani is doing, we haven't seen since Babe Ruth, and I don't even think Babe Ruth was able to do it both at the same time at the level that he is because he wasn't a pitcher in Boston. Here, or he yeah. was no, he wasn't. He was not a pitcher in New York. He was only a pitcher in Boston. See, that's but, most of that's half his career. Not even. Yeah, but here's the kicker for me, and this is why I default to Vlad Guerrero Jr. Where are their teams going to end up? Like, and we've talked about it a little bit as well. Like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is vaulting his team to the playoffs right now. And Otani, like, yes. Like, if, if he's truly the more valuable player and he plays on offense and defense as a pitcher, like, you would think that that would result in maybe getting some more wins. I know he pitches every fifth day, but at the end of the day, you've got one team in Toronto who's trending towards the playoffs because of the output of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and you have another team in the Angels who's floating right around 500 regardless of the output of Shohei Otani, both as a pitcher and a hitter. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is having more of a winning impact for his team right now than Otani is. To me, that's more valuable than Otani. Well, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. also has better players around him. Fair. Bo Bichette's been playing at an insane level as of recently. Uh, they have George Springer, who's been performing better than he he started the season. But he was also he's been hurt. Yeah, I mean they play they play in a more competitive division. They have a uh, Loretta's Guerrero Jr. who's playing really well. They have a lot of uh, really good players yeah. around the the. Uh, in, in Toronto, outside of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., while, you know, what Shohei Otani does for the Angels, he has nobody... Uh, Mike Trout's played in 30 games. Uh, yeah. Anthony Rendon's played in 40 games. See, but, uh, and I don't disagree with that, and I guess maybe I'll hold his organizational failures against him in this case, but it's, it's exactly like, what it is. I, I'm looking at a team, though. I mean, they don't play in the strongest division in the world. I mean, Houston's 86 and 60. I mean, they're not even above 500 right now. They're not even a winning club. Like, I mean, if we're talking about value, you would think you'd add value to a winning club, no? But you no? can't pin that to Shohei Otani. I can't pin it to him, but I can use it at, I can use it in the case of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to amplify him because his impact is resulting in more wins. Now, I, I think the, a lot of people have it, uh, have it basically Shohei Otani and everybody else like in a distant for the MVP race. It's a lot closer than, it, than, a lot, than it's perceived to be. I think it's going to come down to the old the the old guard in the MVP voting versus the newer guard, which is more you know analytically driven. Like they don't take into effect the right. the, the playoff picture. I mean, we, we talked about this recently, just you and I. Ryan Braun screwed Matt Kemp out of an M, out of an MVP. Right. Matt Kemp was he was the better of the two players in 2011. Like numbers say that they don't lie. The Dodgers were crap in 2011. Yeah. The, the the Brewers won their division. I believe they had the best record in the in the National League. Ryan Braun, while he was the the lesser of the two players, his team was an MVP play. Uh, was his team was in the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, 2019, Mike Trout was not in the playoffs. Won the MVP. Alex Bregman, the best team in baseball, uh, the Astros. He had close numbers to Mike Trout. Mike Trout is always is was the best player. They gave it to the guy that wasn't in the the. The playoffs. They've been trending that way more and more recently. Like, who is the actual best player of the league? Yeah. Who, not the, who is the best player on the best team? But I would almost go as far to say that Vlad's been the better player. Like, I would. He's, he's the better offensive player. Better offensive player, but Shohei Otani has been the best overall player. The, the most well-rounded. But there's, he but, does, there's, but there's no one to compare him to because he's unique. Exactly. That, like, but, that's another like, reason why everybody's like, we need to give it to him now because what he's doing this year from both the hitting and pitching perspective, he might not be able to do again. 
So and we might never see another season like we we're seeing out of Shohei Otani from anybody, even Shohei Otani. But is that warranting of the most valuable player award, or is that warranting of like like you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I think it also comes down to everybody's definition of what the most valuable player award is. Like to me, it's like like you talked about like how it's the most valuable player to your team. But it's I I don't know because it's like it's hard to pick. Like they're both having incredible seasons, but I look at what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing as more impressive than Shohei in one facet of the game, knowing that Shohei is the only person who plays both facets of the game. And I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is doing it in a tougher division, and he's going to get his team to the playoffs potentially. And to me, that is more valuable than what Shohei is doing. I I see that. Completely. I mean, that's just that's just where I come from. And I, I think a triple crown like. Like, that's the thing is, like, Shohei is a unicorn, and I think a lot of people are, like, defaulting to one... Not defaulting, but he's been impressive, right? People want to give him the MVP because it's something new, right? It's something that we've never been seen been done before, whereas what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to do, the only people that have ever accomplished that are some of the all-time greats the game's ever seen. One of the... One all-time great. Yeah. We've only seen one other player, like, like to do what he's... To do what Shohei, Shohei Otani is doing at the level that he's doing it. Yeah. I just... I, it almost just, like... I don't know. It's just like when I think MVP, I don't think like most exotic player. Like, and like that's almost what I feel like we're getting at with Shohei is like most exotic player award. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like we're going to give him this award because of the fantasy that he essentially brings to the game. As opposed, like, I mean, he's not winning these games for them. I mean, like, and I, I get it. You can't hold it against the organization, but I don't know. I just look at what Vlad's doing, and I think it's impressive. I really think See, it is. That's, that's the thing about baseball you don't get in any other sport. A single player does not have the, the the put, but like does look, not have the the kind of like the best player in baseball does not have the same kind of value as the best player in you know the NFL or the right. NBA where you know it. LeBron James can lead his team to playoff w- with a dog crap roster. Right. We've seen that in baseball. If one player has, if Mike Trout can go go can go bananas, have a a six for six with seven home runs type game. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if there's nobody on base, he's hitting. He he's himself is not doing anything. He the baseball. The, there's the power. The uh, the level of control and power a player has towards his team wins and right, losses right. is a lot less than you know the other major league sports. So you really can't hold what Shohei Otani is doing to uh, what his team is doing to him. Because it's not his fault that right. nobody's getting on base, that he can only do what he can do. So with what the Angels have given him. Right. But it's like, here's the other part of it. It's like, the Blue Jays are like 10 games better. Like, they're sign- it's not like it's close. Like, it's not like it's the NL MVP race where it's like you've got, you know, Harper and you've got Tatis Jr. who are kind of in similar playing fields as teams. I don't know. And like, look at the people that have won triple crowns in the history of baseball. Miguel Cabrera, Luke Gehrig. I mean, it's the, the, the GOATs. Luke Gehrig, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Jimmy Fox, Carol Yastrzemski, Ty Cobb, Frank Robinson. I mean, like, these are GOATs of GOATs in the game. Oh, I'm not. Like, it's just, I mean, to me. I'm not arguing that. I don't know. Like I said, it, for me, it comes down with Otani, like, I'm not trying to use it to hold it against him. But, like, at the end of the day, if there's someone who's... To me, a triple crown in baseball... Like, what, what is something more impressive than a triple crown in baseball? People are, I guess people think that the ability to pitch and hit at a high level is more impressive. To me, I think winning a triple crown in the American League, which is loaded with solid hitters in the American League East, where you're playing a majority of your games against the Yankees, Rays, and Red Sox, who are all vying for postseason spots, to me, that is more impressive than the ability to be a unicorn in, like, a circus act out there as Otani. There's a fascination with Otani. I, I wouldn't even call it a circus act. He has... Okay, I'm going to try and pull up his pitching stats. Yeah, pitching stats right here. Maybe. Why aren't you... Well, anyway, so... Uh, 
Okay, right now in 2021, he has a 336 ERA. I don't know where that's that is in the rankings, but it's that's in the top 15. Right. He's a top 15 guy with 11 decisions. He started he's you know, he started 21 games. You don't see that out of a guy who can also hit 44 right now bombs. Right. That is literally that is the most in my opinion, that is the most valuable. The guy that can go out there, hit 40 home runs, also strike you out throwing 100 miles per hour with a 336 ERA. Not also not he doesn't start every five days either. That's another thing. That's he starts like every seven, eight days. He might even get shut down yeah. for the rest of the season. But at the same time, a guy who can go out there with 20 plus starts in a single season, not have an ERA that's astronomically high for a guy who can also hit 44 and potentially lead the league in home runs. I yeah. wouldn't call that a circus. I, I, I mean, unicorn might be the right one because we've, this is a, once in a lifetime, not circus type act, but I, I I I use the term circus act because I think people still view it as a spectacle, right? Like, it is like, a spectacle. It is no, it, it absolutely is. But it's like to me, just because it's a spectacle does not outweigh the production that you're seeing from the other side, that is resulting in concrete W's and getting a team to a championship level contention. But you know, I'm also all about winning, like, like when, when it comes to like the Jokic thing, like that's I I, I my I want my for me the most valuable player is the most impressive player in the league on the best team. You could say that maybe Shohei Otani has been the most impressive player because what he's done on the field, both as a pitcher and as a hitter, but he's not on the best team. There's someone whose level of impressiveness is close, if not better, and he's playing on a team that's 10 wins better in a much more competitive division. That's kind of where I rest on that. But the, the thing I come back, I keep coming back to is the fact that the Blue Jays are just an overall better team. So you're going so to hold that against Vlad? In this instance, if you're going to hold the lack of talent and the lack of team wins against Shohei, but I feel like we need to we need to hold the 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 uh, the. Uh, but I'm, I'm not, the thing is like I'm not holding it against Shohei. I'm just saying like if you if they're, they're both they both have a plus cases, right? Yeah, and the but, fact that the fact that this is a conversation is what baseball needs. No, absolutely. It's the fact that they both have a plus cases. Like it's hard to pick a side. I default because they're both so good to the one with the more impactful record. The person who's had a more successful impact on his team winning games. Yeah. That's where I default. I don't know. And I understand why people like want to go Shohei. But again, like I think I'm all about winning. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, I like Shohei Otani. Like I'm not trying to be a hater. Like he's fantastic for the game. I, he should like, it's 1A and 1B, and he's probably going to win the MVP. But I'm saying if Vladimir Guerrero wins a triple crown, like, and maybe that's the baseball purist coming out in me a little bit, but like that is almost an impossible feat. Like Miguel Cabrera was the first person to do that in decades. Decades. Like, and it, it's just, like, I don't know. And like, I, maybe Shohei falls off next year. I'm, I, I, I don't know. And it's like, I get like, maybe you got to reward him for what he's doing now, but a triple crown is a triple crown. I mean, I mean, I might even have to look it up. Has there has there ever been someone who's won a triple crown that has not won the MVP in that same year? Probably not. I'm like 99 sure it's not. So it's like, and I don't think you can. I'm not one for just keeping it consistent, but like to me, like that is more impressive than what Shohei is doing. I think this this will end up going down as the most unfortunate triple crown season in terms of winning the MVP because I'm I, I don't I don't want to discredit you know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. What he's doing is is absurd. You know, I also have a bet on him to win the MVP. It's just right. less money. Right. But at the same time, like, what he's doing is, it's in, it's insane. And he's been doing it all season for a guy who also came into the season having thought to have already been a bust. That's it's, almost it's, what's more impressive to me, too. Yeah. 
No, what he's doing, but just what Shohei Otani is doing from both sides of the of the of the, guess, of the plate is just so. It's a season we've never seen before. But it's like, like but like that's what I'm saying. I think it's just because it's something like what happens if there's players that come over from Japan or players in the states that like start doing both, and then it just becomes the norm. It's that impressive. If they can do both, so when the iPhone came out, it's it, if they can do both at the level. Or even better than what Shohei Otani is doing right now. You know, if uh, if, Otani, if Shohei Otani was a was an incredible pitcher in a and, and had like ten home runs on the season, right? That's one thing. Or if he had like what he has right now, forty four home runs and has an ERA of six plus and ten games started. You know, I that's significantly less impressive. The, yeah. the obvious choice would be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because he is so close to the triple crown. But the fact that he has a a in, insanely low ERA. Not you know, insanely low by a uh, by an elite pitcher standpoint, but it's a three three six. That that's borderline elite. That's really that's really low for a guy who, like I said, can hit forty four bombs. No, I know. And is honestly single handedly the best no, player on a team. I know. With Mike Trout. No, I know. I know. I'm not trying to argue against greatness all that much. It's just like to, here's the other thing, and this is my kind of like my last point on it too. Like if. If this idea, this concept of pitcher-hitter starts to become the norm, right? Like, let's just say that there's more players like Shohei Otani that are able to be top 10, top 15 in both categories, right? Like, let's say 10 years from now that there's been three or four players that have been able to do something similar to what Shohei has done. I think you look back in the history books and say you messed up this MVP if that's the case. Because I think you're rewarding him for being the first of his kind. Whereas you're going to pass up on rewarding the, the MVP to something that is historic, that has been proven to be extremely... And that's the thing. Winning a triple crown in the 2021 baseball era where pitching dominates and analytics dominate, it's harder than ever to hit right now, which I guess also amplifies what Shohei is doing. But I I, I don't know. I, I think, like you said, though, it's a good conversation to be having for baseball because it's, it's a good debate. I, th- I mean, that's the thing, is they both have extremely strong cases. Like, yeah. this is like both of them applying to, you know, Harvard, and Harvard only has one more spot left for admissions, you know, and you're trying to debate... You know, who's got the bigger, who had to overcome more adversity or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Also, but uh, just another, just the stat I just looked, saw, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. only has 101 strikeouts on this year. That's insane. That's insane. In today's, Shohei Otani has, what is it, has 30, uh, no, he has um numbers, six, ga- six less games than Vladimir Guerrero Jr., has okay, so he has eighty less at bats wow. than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and has one hundred and seventy five strikeouts compared to Vladdy's one hundred and one. Yeah, that's that's actually, insane. I don't know, man. But Shohei Otani can also run. Like, I yeah. mean, that's another aspect we don't talk about in a game where where players themselves, unless you are, yeah. a, unless you are a prototypical speedster, you don't steal bases. Yeah, you know, Vladimir has four stolen bases. Yeah. Shohei has twenty three. For a guy who hits bombs, has a 3-3 ERA, has 100 strikeouts. Oh, he also has 23 stolen bases, which, you know, has to be close to the top of the board because nobody yeah. steals in today's game. He does that too. No, that's a good point. Okay, well, yeah, the lead leader has 40, Whit Merrifield. Th- thankfully, we've got a couple more weeks to see how this is all going to shake out because that's the thing is Vlad, is n- it's not a locked-in thing for him to win the Triple Crown. Like, he, he, there's, some work for, there's some work for him to be done. In the American League, Shohei is tied for fourth in stolen yeah. bases to go along with his home runs, to go along with his pitching stats. That's insane. That's insane. Oh, he also has a 900 OPS. Yeah, dude, it's going to be... Uh, He's an elite hitter. 
and an elite pitcher. Like I said, it's his thing to lose. Yeah. You know, he's going to win it. That's the thing. But if Vlad, if Vlad wins the Triple Crown, I think you just got to give it a hard look. Like a hard, 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 hard look. And and if if he wins Triple Crown, even if he doesn't, even if he falls a few home runs or a few right. RBI short, like that's nonetheless as impressive as you really can have. You know what it's honestly kind of reminding me At the me age of, of 22. It almost embodies like, the, what was it, the 2018 Super Bowl? The Rams and the Patriots. Ugh. I know, it's a gross. Well, the Rams lost, so you'd probably be happy about that. But it's like you've got this greatness. But it was just a bad game. You've got, oh, it was. You've got this greatness, right, in New England, which is essentially representing the Triple Crown in my mind. And then you've got Shohei Otani, who's with the Rams, right, this young, up-and-coming offense, different style of play. Greatness trumps the new regime. You know, I, I'm big about the history. I mean, here's the thing. is like, to me, if he wins a Triple Crown, look at the other people that have won the Triple Crown. To me, that, that's, that's the answer. That that's the answer to me. It, there's because to me that feeds into more of the history of the game, the legacy of the game, and to me that's a value as well. I don't know. You got we, we got we got it, the show coming up soon, so we got to put some boat. We got to definitely. Put a bow on this. It definitely keeps the older mind frame alive longer yep. than than it looks like it's going to. I I completely the people agree. that that people that value all the triple crown candidates, uh, all the triple crown numbers. You know, you have the batting average. Well, everybody's like, well. Uh, look at his OP oh, on base percentage higher than the, the batting average. Yeah. Uh, the home runs. I mean, obviously, those are always going to count because that's especially in today's game. Yeah. And then and then nobody looks at RBIs anymore because it's such a situational stat. It's true. I mean, right now the the uh, Bryce Harper, who's perceived as the National League MVP leader, only has seventy seven. But you also can't hold that against him because nobody gets on base in front of him. Right. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out, and we'll have to revisit this topic plenty as the uh, Major League Baseball regular season winds down as we get ready for the Major League Baseball postseason. Uh, All right, we got to get out of here. We got a show to get ready for. I got to do some prep. My iPad's about to die. Any closing thoughts, my man? Uh, It's going to be a good weekend for baseball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Reds, Dodgers, Mets, Phillies, Dodgers. uh, Cubs, Brewers, that'll be a decent one. Cardinals, Padres, big one. Yeah, that's huge. And then huge. Braves and Giants. Beautiful. Well, it's going to be an action-packed sports weekend for Major League Baseball. You've also got the football and all that good stuff. We'll be back at it again next week with more Major League Baseball conversation. Nothing to really even talk about with the Rocks. We'll be uh, at the game next week on Tuesday between the Rockies and the Dodgers. So uh, we'll start talking more Rocks next week as they get ready to look forward to their next season. Uh, But for Andrew Detmer, I am Anilo Piro. This has been the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. We'll be back at it again next week with a couple new episodes. Until then, enjoy the weekend. Happy betting, and we'll talk to you next week.